There was another thing I saw that said maybe they were trying to quit pot. <laughs> goodbye, Mary. <laughs> goodbye, Jane. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what you would get out of a prior right. fucking band. Yeah. I got it. Let's go with the Mary Jane. We've been Nobody smoking way too Mary much weed. Yeah. No, hey, guys, we've been smoking way too much Mary Jane. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Jane. This is the Epic New Podcast. Two idiots and a list. Where you're going to get two idiots and a list. And now, coming to you live from Circle Avenue Studios, your hosts, Nick Vasolo and Kirik McMillan. I guess this is our Christmas episode. Hell yeah, it is. <laughs> it's going to be quite a gift, too, let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, had thought of a different Christmas episode, but our schedule got messed up enough that, well, here we are. It's our Christmas episode. We are recording this the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, so by the time y'all get it, it's Christmas! Uh, If this episode trends like our past episodes have been trending, this should push us over 20,000 listens. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to be starting our fourth year. Fourth year of doing this? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm amazed the relationship has survived. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Floyd Zeppelin and Allison Chains round out our top three, but coming in at number four is Fleetwood Mac, mm-hmm. and that was our 24th episode. A juggernaut. Plowing through the competition. Yes. Oh, one quick note before I forget. Uh, we had talked about Mick Jagger and Keith Richards' net worth sitting at somewhere around $500 million. Given that he just passed, take a stab at Jimmy Buffett's net worth. I don't want to know. Seven, I don't want to know. A cool billion. Wow. One billion dollars. Wow, for that stuff. <laughs> well, he also had it's that restaurant par- chain, yeah, well, and he had resorts. And- shit. And yeah, I'm sure they, he sells a shit ton of paraphernalia. <laughs> Didn't we stay at a Margaritaville in Kentucky? <laughs> Missouri. Missouri. I, I think so. Remember, yeah. Well, today's episode. Cheeseburger in Paris. <laughs> today's episode is a nod to my oldest sister, Chanel. She had a pretty good influence on my early, early music tastes. I have two sisters. Toria, this is no slight at you, but you were much more into classical music. So I thought I would give a nod to Chanel since this is a music podcast. And these two bands were probably some of the first that I remember hearing. So today we are doing Sticks. Super Tramp. Dreamer, you know you are a dreamer. 
I, I balked immediately, but you evoked your sister's name, and I said, "Fine." <laughs> Only for she now. Yes, she's this, a kind person. This was a uh, this this was a, a gift from Nick to you as well. <laughs> That's right. More than you know, Chanel. More than you know. <laughs> So, as I said, you know, this was one of the early bands. These two are early bands that I knew. That's my background on it. Do you have any history with either of these bands? Hell yes, I do. Are you kidding me? <laughs> these were big radio bands. Yeah, they were big radio bands. And I can't say, listen, Sticks is a homegrown band for us, right? right? We're in the Chicagoland area, and these boys are from Chicago, Chicago mm -hmm. right? right? Okay, yeah. And, and South Side. Oh, yeah, of exactly. course. Yeah, <laughs> Southside of Chicago, because I just recently watched a uh, a very recent interview done over Zoom by with Dennis DeYoung, and he's got his socks hat on. Oh, and I'm good. like, I knew there was something. Oh, good. Guy. <laughs> I knew there was something about him. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, they were huge. Of course, they were they were they were monstrous, and they were one of the first bands to have a heavy uh, influence and and play on MTV. We are going to dive deep into that catalog. There are some videos out there that are priceless. Fucking great. <laughs> For me, Super Tramp, I didn't know that much about. I just knew the band. Like I knew the I knew the music, but I didn't know anything about. I didn't even know they were British, which as I looked at their lyrics, I'm like, how the fuck didn't you know they were British? I knew the album cover of the one with the waitress right. tearing breakfast in America. On a plate. Yeah. I dug on that and I, you know, of course you know those songs. I do say, I have to say that the one song that does stick out is a logical song uh -huh. because that was like almost, it must have hit the airways right when I started to get gain control of my own radio. Yeah. And because it was on all the time. All the time. And I really hated that song. There were. <laughs> back then. I just did it. <laughs> there were a lot of songs here that, that you listened to and you were like, oh man, this just got murdered from both bands for sure. I know The Loop really liked, The Loop is a radio station here in Chicago they loved sticks. They played a lot of sticks. They played a lot of cheap trick. Makes sense, right? Chicago Local bands. Guys. Well, it was Lady was the first track to really get played by WLS, actually. Right. Was, uh, and that's what broke them out. John Records Landecker. <laughs> that's right. Uh, you know, played Lady on a constant fucking loop. And they just sold albums after that, which really brings us to kind of like, well, let's let's, let's save that because that's let's let's do the amuse bouche first. Sure. Let's, let's do yes. Super Tramp. Nice guys, pretty successful band. Yeah, really successful. Yeah. Right, that those two albums, whatever they were, Breakfast in America and the one before that. Right, pretty successful radio play bands, and uh, because they were left, you know, in that vacuum of like Beatles broke up, Rolling Stones are. I don't know, they're broken up or they're fucking around with disco. There's nothing really on the landscape except for like Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles. And so there's this is huge vacuum and like all these bands just flooded into it and just kind of like pre-MTV days. So Super Champs kind of like got the benefit of like, well, I don't know, what are we going to play? Well, let's try this band out here. Yeah. And it was, you know, they had some, a one hit after the other begat quite a nice career for them. A very short career, actually. Really short. Very yeah. short career. But no drama. Well, uh, there the guy left. The the yeah. there, there was two guys that basically started the band. But Rick, it wasn't like a fuck you, I'm out of here. It was hard to say. It sounded like there might have been a little oh, okay. distaste in there. I don't know for sure. Uh, it, Rick Rick Davies and Roger Hodson are the two guys that that were essentially the songwriters yeah. for them. So what are the what are they arguing over? It's like wait, there's way too much clarinet in there. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, I got a lot of different notes in terms of like, I can hear the influences from here, here, and here. Oh, yes. For Supertramp and for Styx. Styx was like 
a lot of yes because of these harmonized vocals yeah and a lot of chicago for the same reason super tramp to me was a bigger mix of like elo alan parsons and randy newman because randy newman had that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. A lot of, lot of bo- Bobby C notes. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, just as I keep talking you into these trashy hair metal bands that I, you know, I, I keep letting you talk me into these prog bands. <laughs> it's like, one for you, one are for they, me. Are these prog bands? <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> Listen, anytime you have serpents and mystical figures <laughs> on your album covers, in your fucking name, sticks. It's a <laughs> mythical river. <laughs> But I'm just the type of guy that looks for this type of aggravation. I like prog rock. I don't like to admit that I like prog rock and I hate myself for it. But you know what? There are certain, there's there's just little corners of the music world that I like to sit and just sit. Yeah. And yes is the best of those. Of prog bands? I would say. Yeah. I mean, I know you're going to argue with me. Well, of course. (laughs) With with Rush and everything. But for me, yes is the best of those. But man, this is a double dip. (laughs) 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 If you listen to like Sticks and their their catalog, they had some weird things. Like they obviously they got into the Mr. Roboto thing, which was a concept album. They also had like an organ fugue on one of their <laughs> on one of their albums. Yeah. And another song that's all sung in like a caricature Jamaican accent. <laughs> Bro, the amount of hatred that is JT is the other guitarist, not Tommy Shaw. Tommy Shaw is this shrimpy guy that plays guitar, but JT is the guy that looks like Sasquatch, like a blonde Sasquatch. (laughs) The amount of anger and vitriol he has for Dennis DeYoung because he got cucked by him. He's in this band with this dude. He writes Lady, and it's really a very sappy song. But that's it, man. It's his song. And from from that on, like the whole trajectory of Sticks is like Dennis DeYoung is like, I write the fucking songs, dude. And if you don't like it, you can accept the fuck off because this is my band now. And he, I'm going to write the weirdest, stupidest shit possible. And you're <laughs> going to have to back me up. And JT just could not stick. He was a, he says it himself in an interview. He's like, I was an ax man. I was like heavy metal. That's where we want this to go. And there are some parts of this in their DNA, but they got completely blotted out by Dennis DeYoung because it's like, well, then I'm not playing Lady, and I'm not playing Babe, and I'm not doing any of the songs that everybody comes out to see. So the guy's just totally cucked on stage, <laughs> singing back up and not playing his guitar to, to Mr. Roboto. So to just see him simmering on stage. <laughs> well, and the, you know, you listen to their stuff and you're like, all right, they came out with that Mr. Roboto, but, you know, the, the rest of their stuff is like syrupy. Oh, schmaltzy, heartfelt, you know, love, blah, blah, blah. They're not air supply though. Air supply is worse. Heavy I put air, heavy dose of air supply. I put air supply way under these guys. Okay. <laughs> Lady, babe. I mean, you really can't tell the difference. You put those two in a, br- a room with no lights. Nope. That's not a lot of difference there. <laughs> uh, on their own website, they claim that they are the first band to score four triple platinum albums in a row. Yep. That's what I heard. Grand Illusion, Pieces of Eight, Cornerstone, and Paradise Pieces Theater. Pieces of Eight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not even the Beatles didn't do that. Not the Rolling Stones didn't that. They said up till that point in time. Yeah. They were I the first any, band. Yeah. I the first know. band to do it. And and that's on their website. So I'm assuming that that's been verified. <laughs> Otherwise, it's I, a pretty I, ballsy statement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard it in different places. I don't know what band would have done that after them. Maybe you two. I don't right. know. 
Apparently, critics were so brutal on every release that they stopped sending copies to them to review. Rolling Stone, pieces <laughs> of vape, a parking lot full of whale vomit. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Rolling Stone was a bitch rag, dude. <laughs> that, is, that is gold. <laughs> whale vomit. <laughs> That was uh, JT liked that one too, but you know he said like for a reunification tour, maybe when they're playing hockey on the River Styx, we'll get back together. <laughs> That's a great line. Isn't that awesome. Well, he was like a mechanical engineer. Like it was like he's a really educated dude. Yeah. And then he just happened to be in a rock band that turned out to not be a rock band. Well, then DeYoung left. Like DeYoung hasn't been in the band for years. Dude, you can't do Mr. Roboto on a world tour and sit there and be like, yeah, let's do another one of those <laughs> because I'm a rock and roll guy. That Get song got a shit out. ton of airplay. Dude. A shit ton of airplay. <laughs> well, and then look at like Super Tramp. You've got the two vocalists who are also the two songwriters. Mm -hmm. Neither of them maybe are as melodic vocally as Dennis DeYoung. But they had distinct voices that you can't duplicate. Like, I, as I listened to it, I was like, this is kind of like Colin Hay from Men at Work. Yeah. Like, Colin Hay doesn't have a terribly melodic voice, but you can't pull him out of Men at Work. Just like you can't pull those two guys out of Super Trump. No, I agree. I agree. And I, his, their voices aren't annoying. No. Dennis Young's voice is annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. But how much would you pay to see a stick show in 1983 where M Mr. Roboto is the album they're supporting? How much would you pay for that? To watch those guys sit, because there's no fucking music on the album. Like, there's no guitars on the album. That's a lot of keys, a lot of synths. Yeah, and there's a lot of backup vocals. So he has to sit there with the guitar slung over his shoulder and just sing the stupidest backup lyric <laughs> while Dennis DeYoung is out there doing some booming shots. <laughs> this fucking, it's, it's, un, it's just unreal. It is bizarre. I love it. It is bizarre. <laughs> so Supertramp claimed that one in 15 Canadians own both Crime of the Century and Breakfast in America. Crime yeah. of the Century was that other big one yeah. they had. Why they picked out Canada, I don't know. The math must have been easier. But the, apparently they had sold so many albums in Canada that one in 15, one in 15 owned uh, both albums. Canadians have a lot of taste. You they know? do. Good day, mate. <laughs> hey, that's our second biggest market. <laughs> Good day, mate. I don't remember what episode that was dropped on. You'd, you'll have to listen to our entire catalog to get that reference. It's my calling card. Now. <laughs> there was a song of Super Tramp that it was called Waiting So Long. They totally channeled Pink Floyd. And I'll drop a little clip in here because it's just, I when I heard it, I heard David Gilmore. That's interesting that you say that because, do you want to get into it? Sure. Do you want to get into it? Because my honorable mention, am I going out of turn here? Is no, you're not. It's your turn. <laughs> I don't know. Because my honorable mention is, as soon as I heard it, I'm like, God damn, that sounds a lot like Pink Floyd. And it sounds a lot like Time. 
when it kicks in with drums and like David Gilmour's voice. And the song is Bloody Well Right. That's huge Pink Floyd like vibes. There. Yeah. I think I went fucking crazy for a second there, and I'm thinking to myself, did this come before Dark Side of the Moon? Could they, could they have possibly influenced David Gilmour's sound at all? And as it turns out, much to my my uh, you know much to my sanity, that it wasn't. Dark Side of the Moon came out two years before this album, whatever it was. But I almost lost my fucking mind there for a second. That was the first song to chart in the U.S. I like it. I like when it comes out like that's you know, great. Yeah, it's, you know, I like his voice in this. It sounds just like Gilmour. The Hammond organ that starts it out is just great. The way it, it just noodles on it, it's perfect. I mean, it's pure 70s. It throws you off because you don't know what's coming in the next measure. So I will give them that. Well, and it's so British. And it, yeah. it's so like... Quite right. Yeah, right. I mean, the song is called Bloody Well Right. Yeah, right. Which apparently the Brits didn't love at first. This didn't chart in the UK. No. Apparently the Brits didn't like the fact that, that they were saying Bloody Well Right because it almost looked like they were taking a shot at the British people. Yeah, well, the Brits got to get over themselves. It's, it's like, not a bad idea. Yeah, you know, they don't even like their own acts, you know? Well, I'm going to tell you that my entire list is nothing but guilty pleasures, so just strap in for the ride. <laughs> already disclaiming it. Oh, yeah. Like, I disavow all of this. Yes. <laughs> strap in for we're the ride. Gonna have, we're not going to have a repeat of all of those. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> So my honorable mention is from Styx off of their album Equinox in 1975. The album cover is Ice on Fire. <laughs> <laughs> and the song is Lorelei. know this one i don't believe i've ever heard it it could be that i knew this because of my sister or i got it from the radio or both i don't know it's, it's a very bouncy upbeat song it, it's not overly sappy in the music now the lyrics are the lyrics are pure sap mm -hmm. but the song has uh has a good a good kind of lilt to it it's it's super bouncy the keys are good and <laughs> You know, Dennis D. Young does things like Dennis D. Young does. He pronounces words like celebrate. He's like celebrate. And I, I don't know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a very grandiose ending. A little more of that proggy aspect that you're talking about. <laughs> they love big endings. It's like prog opera sometimes. Yes. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah. Lorelei is the name of a German fairy who killed herself when her lover died, and apparently she haunts ships that pass through this channel. <laughs> it was hard to say whether 
<laughs> whether or not. <laughs> I mean, that's why I love prop. Right. It's like, you know, it's, it's mushrooms oh, or it's yeah, weed right. or it's yeah. both. Let's pack this bong and, and make music. So that's my honorable mention. That's funny, man. What is your number five? All right. Starts out with a good chunky organ. <laughs> right? Riff is smoking, smoking solo. Like this is what JT had had dreamed of. Blue collar man, it's great, right? Tommy Shaw, full throated, you know, anthem for the people. Yes, gotta be. A, give me a job. Give me some security. <laughs> yeah, I love it. But I do. I I I like that organ. That's that's a cool. Oh, it's such. A, I had that as a coolest four seconds. Yeah, right? that, that that intro. <laughs> Like, I don't know how they got that sound, but it works. <laughs> but Great I, intro. Shaw's vocals are really good. I like him on, on the mic. He's the only type I like sixes with Shaw singing. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only song on the set list that JT eyes first. He's like, where's Blue Collar Man? Because that's when I really get to rip it out. I can, and then I got to go back to singing. I can that ain't got dogs. Yeah, I like that song. That song was a real throwback, as so many of these yeah. were. That well, song got a lot of airtime, too. These, these bands don't get any. I mean, who, for, first of all, who listens to the radio anymore? Right. And, like, yeah, these things are just lost the time. Yeah. You know I mean? That's like the, that's like the purpose of the podcast. Almost. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like songs are lost the time. All right, that brings me to my number five, a song that was badly, badly overplayed. But as I listened to I, I first I was going to say, no, there's no way it's going to make the list. And I kind of came back. I'm like, all right, I better listen to this before I say that. And I'm listening to it. And then I looked up what the song was about. And I thought it was kind of a cool writing concept. The song is Take the Long Way Home. Oh, okay. This is my number one. Then we will table that. <laughs> I thought you were going some different direction. But nope. That's the joy of doing two bands. Yep. Of mediocre talent. <laughs> Anything can pop up anywhere. Well, then we will we will go back to that. Yes, let's do that. Later. So what is your number All four? Right, you're like, your intro to the last song could have been like my intro to this song. I was like, there's no way it could be on the list because it's so, you know, ham-handed. <laughs> like everybody's <laughs> saying stuff. But it's a great sing-along. It's Come Sail Away. That's my number one. There you go. No, no, no. Sorry. My number two. Oh, we'll table that. <laughs> we can table it. Sorry. All right. Okay. That brings us to my number four. Right. You've already taken a stab at it, and that's okay. It's Lady.
I love everything about this song. Go ahead, explain. <laughs> the opening piano with the weird pitch bent synth and the triangle to start. <laughs> that's, like, that's like the siren song in the background. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, they start to build layers on it. The instrument's coming in the second verse. And I know this song kind of speaks to my prog roots. Oh, yeah, it sure does. <laughs> it's super proggy. The, the marching rhythms in the later chorus, I, <laughs> it's hokey as fuck. It, but. <laughs> if you are interested to know whether Dennis DeYoung can sing this song still, I will point you to the YouTube interview done last year with the 74-year-old Dennis DeYoung where he belts out a cappella. No one else sings like me. No one else can do what I can do. It's like, yeah, actually, there's about everybody can do what you do. It's not that hard. And here's the thing about the stick songs. Every one of these goddamn songs, they start out with this, like, you know, the, the tinkling of the keys. Right. He's just fingering warm, you know, warm exercises like, oh, for yeah. his fingers. And he's just like, you know, and then turn on the synth and we'll just do, a, like, a synth chord. It's like, that's not special. No. He's not classically trained. No. He's, he's noodling. jive-ass turkey from the south side <laughs> who got in good with a couple of guys who play guitar. We look on the street from him. <laughs> So there was an episode of The Simpsons where Homer ends up in hell for some reason. <laughs> and he wants to go home and he's told he has to cross the river Styx. And they cut to a scene of him floating on the river with Lady playing in the background. Yeah. And he goes, oh, this is truly hell. Yeah, that's hell. <laughs> I'm going home. Which way to Ithaca? It's not so easy. You must go through Hades crossing the river Styx. <laughs> I give them I give Sticks credit for taking the pot shot on that. That was that was pretty funny. <laughs> I don't think they have a choice, man. <laughs> All right, what is your number four? The number four that I had was Comps. Oh, that's right. Wick, that's right. right. Sorry, so, what is your number yeah, three? Speeding through this stuff. Number we three. Are. All right. Well, if you want to know what cocaine sounds like, I have the song for you. Is it It starts out with the ticking clock and then the organ that is like almost like your heartbeat when you get the first blast. And then you got Tommy Shaw coming in and speaking a mile a minute. <laughs> well, I'm sitting on this bar too. I'm talking like a damn fool. I love this fucking song. It's awesome. The video was great. Too much time on my hand was probably one of the videos that I like sought out the friend. Like, I want to see that video again because it's so cool. And he had a, like a satin green jumpsuit that he would bounce around to. With and that he, awful hair. <laughs> Tommy oh, yeah. Shaw had the worst hair. Just dishwater blonde oh, hair yeah, that, that hasn't been so, washed in four days. And it was like a mullet that wasn't white at a mullet. It was long in the back yeah. and it had like, it wasn't shaved on the sides, but it just, something about it was yeah. wrong. He had like bangs. It was just like Sticks is. It's like Dime Store Rock Band. Yeah. Like just not quite very there yet. <laughs> like they're always just, it's a little something off there. Like the, the JT, the guy, the, the really tall guy in the white satin jumpsuit behind uh, behind Tommy Shaw, he also was a little off too because his beard, his beard was all patchy and shitty looking. They were not a handsome band. Oh no. 
No, I couldn't even tell you who the drummer is. I have no idea. No. I don't even know if they had a drummer. Right. But I love this song. It's a great tune. I have written down here. It's like a, the hot irony and regret dripping from his tongue. Like he's a success and he's made it. But what does he do with his fame and riches? He wastes his time bullshitting with all of his friends and wasting time. Now that's that's what a rock and roll life is. That's success in a rock and roll world, I guess. Sure. This coming from the same guy who sang Blue Collar Man. <laughs> I'm trying to be a blue collar man. <laughs> Right. While I make million of dollars playing the guitar. Yeah, and rocking in paradise. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you know, another, another anthem for Blue Collar Man. <laughs> God damn. All right. I can't make sense of this band. That, <laughs> <laughs> that brings me to my number three. We're going to go with Super Tramp, and the song is Give a Little Bit. I'll give a little bit. think it's just a pleasant song. Hodgson is the one who wrote the song, and he he's saying, reach out and show you care. And he said it's a song that inspires people to give a little bit, not give a lot, just a little, and see how it feels. Mm-hmm. And he closes each show with it to unify the audience. And yeah. I thought, and he said my whole show, because Hodgson now tours on his own, right. and has ever since 1980. Or I think he left Super Tramp. I think that's what I saw. Right. They kind of said, we're not getting back together again. It's just not going to happen. So he's been touring since then, sort of on and off. He took a break, raised his kids, actually played with uh, Ringo Starr in his all-star band for a little bit, and then went out on a solo, you know, series of solo tours. And he says, my whole show is about trying to bring people together. Seems like a pretty cool dude. Pretty down to earth. Well, like I said, Super Champ, not, not, I think this is life got in the way of their band, maybe. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. And there was no, not like sticks, like when like, hey, Dennis, we're going to go out on tour because we need to make some money. No, I don't feel like it. I'm sick. Quote, unquote, I'm sick. He's like, well, we're going to go out anyhow. And then he sues his own fucking band for the, the rights to use sticks. And yeah. It's like, no, I agree. couldn't work that out on the back of a napkin, you prick. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think I think Super Tramp was far more cohesive than Styx was, <laughs> and for whatever reason, and, and a lot of it sounded like he just kind of wanted to raise his kids. Yeah, uh, you can file this under the Who Cares file. Uh, but Dennis DeYoung and Super Tramp actually were on an episode of Canadian Idol in 2010 together. Get out of here! Together. Again, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. You know, Dennis D. Young, I heard a quote from him. Mm-hmm. He said, what I hope you do is listen to my tale and find yourself in my story. People think it's about them. It isn't. It's about me. Oh, that's 100% Dennis D. Young. <laughs> this is my world. You're living in it. Right. And it's, he's not just talking about the performance, by the way. It's like <laughs> if you bump into him at the Jewel, like it's my fucking world. You're living it. Get the fuck out of my way. I'm Dennis DeYoung. Speaking of which, I was as I was re as I was researching this catalog, I was working on a proposal for work, and I'm pretty sure some of the lyrics made it in there. Like what? What could you possibly put? Well, the uh, the the approximate consumption of liquid nitrogen for freezing the pizzas is. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life. 
That that would only carry off if you could do that in the proposal. Like, you close them in the room with that shit, and then have me come in. Yeah, <laughs> that guttural sound from him is like his all of his frustration. Yeah, he's so with pissed. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> guy. All right, that brings us to our fantasy concert lineup. All right. And we got, this is fertile ground, baby. This is good stuff, too. (laughs) We're going to have some fun with this one. (laughs) Who is playing at your fantasy concert? All right, I'm up. Sure. Listen, if we're going to do a prog route, we're going to catheterize the whole audience, and we're going to go all the way up to the bladder. All right? (laughs) It's going to hurt, but the relief will be (laughs) relief that you feel will be fucking fantastic, okay? So we're going to bring out the real proggers. Okay. I want to see yes. I'll be the right. I want to see early yes. Old yes, not the oh, not the oh, last oh, two albums. Time out. Because the last two albums hold a very special near and dear place for us, both of us together. They do. Together. They do. However, you called those for the Rush episode, so I'm going to force you to call the early albums then instead. All right. Now this, I'm glad that you brought that up because i got a bone to pick with you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to jump off topic here for just one second. But the way you cornered me into taking Creed as my fantasy content lineup, <laughs> so I'll never forgive you for that. <laughs> I will never forgive you. I will not allow a repeat on a fantasy concert lineup. (laughs) You tried to repeat it. You're enforcing made up rules that have nothing to do with anything else. Just to fuck me. You put me on the spot and I completely froze like a deer in the headlights. And I finally, and I only reverted back to like, well, what can fuck him harder than he's doing it to me right now? I'll make you listen to Creed. Now, I've spent four years, or the better part of three years, building up credibility with my audience. It has all been destroyed now. <laughs> and oddly, that part of the episode was cut. You couldn't hear that yeah, I had yeah, told Yeah, weird you. how that happened. <laughs> yeah. It's strange how the scissors got to that one. <laughs> so the morality police already called uh, off-limits to 90125, which is fine. I didn't want them anyhow, because that's not that's rock and roll, yes, and I like rock and roll, yes. Prague guess, I want to hear roundabouts and all the other I think that's the only one they said. <laughs> but that's a long enough song where I can go with but then I want to see Asia oh yeah oh that's good yeah heat of the moment <laughs> one thing led to another we were young and we would scream together songs unsung it was the heat of the moment tell it Is that Wakeman or how or uh, are they from? It's in, this is one of the satellites of, of Yes. Is it? A, 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 I didn't I'm realize say, those guys made it into that. Yeah, well, let's do our research better next time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the prog lineup, okay? So I'm going to do the prog lineup of uh, Yes. Is and, Asia and, and prog? Asia. Come on, dude. Yeah, of course. Are they? Have you seen their album covers? It's a dragon or a serpent coming out of the ocean. I told you, whenever you have like mythical creatures in your fucking album artwork, all right. If you're not Eddie, 
We're prog. Okay. And listen, you could make an argument that Iron Maiden is prog rock. You could. Absolutely. Power slave. Prog metal. <laughs> it's prog metal. And I, all right, so I, I need, and now I need to redeem myself. Okay. And I cannot, I have to wash my brain of all the prog. And I want somebody who is, who is uh, traipsing the earth at the same time that Mr. Roboto was. And so I thought to myself, like, well, who is it in that world, that universe, who would really kick the shit out of Dennis DeYoung if like, like they bumped into each other backstage and there was like a tussle over the smoked salmon station at the way. <laughs> <laughs> These things I create in my head. It's Billy Idol. I give you all. And I want the Billy Idol. I don't want, I, I'll take Rebel Yell, but I want Flesh for Fantasy. Oh, yeah. Face to face, I'm back to back. You see and feel my sex attack. Great song. Fucking great song. Great song. <laughs> I want that. I'll take a little bit Eyes Without a Face, too. Eyes Without a Face, also good. White Wedding was a little overplayed. No, I, overplayed. I don't need it. Yeah. Don't need it. But, but Eyes Without a Face, yeah. that was good. That was good uh, music. Oh, Eyes Without a Face. I love it. It's easy to deceive. It's easy to tease. But hard to get relieved. And flesh for fantasy. Flesh for that's so great. Now that guy had a voice like he he's like sold it. Like like he is actually a very nice guy. Uh, when you get him off stage, he's the nicest, intelligent guy. He's well spoken, but he's got a stage persona that's like you know he's gonna kick your ass. Dennis DeYoung is a prick on and off the stage. Like he talks down to his audience when he's on the stage. I'm like okay, that's that's my that's my show. Now. I like it. I like it. All right, I have uh, I've got a few. I think you might like too. And I was going to go with two, but since you went with three, I'm going to go with three, too. <laughs> so this is a band that I think you like about as much as I do. And it's the Little River Band. I knew that you were going to pick it, so I didn't. I knew it.
Fuck yeah. What a musical collection. It's just so good. And you can name any number of songs, and, and I'll probably drop more than one in here, but the one that really hits me in the heartstrings is Reminiscent. <laughs> we'll go dancing in the park. I love that. Yeah, they, you know what? Little River Band is fucking good. It's fantastic. <laughs> and they rolled through here recently, and we didn't see them, and I'm disappointed. How did that didn't, happen? Right? They, I think they were playing the Four Winds in Michigan. Is that Michigan? I think it's Michigan. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. All right, so Little River Band's going to do their yeah, thing. Yeah, and talk about a band lost the time. Like, nobody knows who the fucking Little River Band is. Right. Bring so. They, they they roll off of there, and then <laughs> we're going to go with a little Greg Kinn. <laughs> Conspiracy album. Oh, so Greg Kin, for those of you who don't know, his last name is K I H N. His albums include Contagious, Continued, Conspiracy, and of course, Rock and Roll. What a douchebag! What a color! Uh, he had a couple of really good tunes, though. One of those that one of them was the breakup song. Uh, 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 yes, uh, I uh, love that. Uh, I knew he read a different. He wrote a different song than Jeopardy. That, I like the breakup song. That's good. But the coup de gras is They don't is like that anymore. Jeopardy. Jeopardy, it's fucking great. Because, you know, I can't get Weird Al Yankovic. It's got such, yeah, you got to pull that out of your head. But but it's got such a great, like, dirty funk to it. You know that that, that greaseball Greg Kinn is up there just moving it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Greg Kinn, man. And then we're going to close. We're going to close with a guy who I really only need to hear one song from. But it's a great one. I had played it when you were, when you and I were cocktailing at one point fairly recently, and you're like, oh, I forgot about this song, and it is Manfred Mann's Earth Band, and the song is I Came For You. Yeah. Broken all your windows and I ran to all your dolls, and who am I to ask you to fight my wars? You should know that's true. You should know that's true. you
such a that's that might be top five. It's a baller <laughs> tune. <laughs> so that's so you could play that whole song and I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad at it. His love is unconditional. <laughs> oh my god. He broke all your windows and he <laughs> ran through all your doors. All of them. That is Shakespearean, man. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. Yeah, he, and he's so, like, just, I, I don't know where those lyrics came from. I crawled into your ambulance. Your pulse is getting weak. I love it. Now. Oh, it's, it's such a great tune. Such a great song. Yeah, Man for Man, because most people are like, uh, that's uh, blinded by the light. Revved up like a deuce, by the way, are the actual lyrics. Everyone thinks it's rolled up like a douche because that's what he sounds like. <laughs> it makes no sense. But it's it has to do with a car. Yeah, deuce. Yeah. Deuce coupe. Right. Yeah. Okay, that brings us to our number two. I love that. And I think, did I call your number two? No, you called mine. It's yours anyhow. Yeah. So right. you go. Yep. Okay. But these these guys must have ripped off like a like a marching band bus going down to the big game because they use every fucking brass and woodwind instrument they could possibly have. What's the song? Breakfast for America. Take a look at my girlfriend. She's the only one I got. Not much of a Sorry, Breakfast in America. <laughs> Not Breakfast for America. It's about feeding the hungry. That's all right. I have a long preamble. You were just looking over your glasses like, well, you what's had, the song? You had called, you had called a difference. I, I got messed up on no, that. Go cool. ahead. It's a great song. Bouncy, poppy. Yep. A lot of brass. Take a look at my girlfriend. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he does start off taking, talking shit on his girlfriend. I don't know what that's all about. Not much of a girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, he makes up with it with, uh, could we have Kippa's full breakfast? <laughs> right. Mummy dear, mummy dear. Yeah. I mean, you know, where else can you get a clarinet solo? Oh, the tubas and trombones in this yeah. are awesome. It's like watching a polka band. What's the, the big stand-up to us? So the oofophone or something like that? A euphonium? A euphonium, yeah. I wasn't or an oofophone. <laughs> That's Dr. Zeus. But I think I hear one of those. Like, Oh, it's totally. It's, it's like a polka band. I love it. It's great. It's a great song. I, Poppy. I, it I, makes me happy when I hear it. Yeah. <laughs> I have written here, are they singing in another language? Because at one point, you're like, what is he saying? Yeah. And I like, it's very got a New Orleans feel to it when they yeah. get into the clarinets. Like, he like really gets into the clarinet. Really gets into it. And then that clarinet just goes off. Yeah, it and just like, rolls. <laughs> They're good with the wind instruments. I, I think they, they do well with the sax. They do yeah. well with the clarinet. They're pretty good. And they, got, they mix it with the oompa shit, which I like too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is what I thought you, you we were talking about. Number two, my number two is Come Sail Away. Yeah. Go for it, man. Because I have thoughts, and I'm sure my thoughts aren't what your thoughts are. But we'll try best that we can. 
When I think back to being a kid and my my sister is spinning records on our old record player, this is one of the ones that I remember coming out of the record player. And so this is where I, I kind of come back to when I think of sticks. It, it starts out with that little minuet piano. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little, you know, music box. Yeah. It's very motivational. We'll try the best that we can to carry on. <laughs> Yeah. I even Keep like earnest. Yeah, I even like the like ethereal keyboard breakdown in the middle. And it goes into like a syncopated guitar. Yeah, they get into the proggy shit. Yeah. Apparently their promo guy would bounce around from radio station to radio station offering blow for airplay. That shouldn't come as any real surprise given the time that these guys were in it, but he actually talked about it in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently the hey the, you got a good connection man you could be a rock and roll band yeah right <laughs> i mean know? apparently he called the program directors penguins since they'd follow him around because he had cocaine <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking great country this used to be <laughs> all right that brings us to well, your. I mean, I have things. Oh, you've got things to say. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, please yeah. don't let Listen, me. Listen, I'll suffer through the sing-along opening part just to get to that ripping guitar hero part in the middle or the end of it. It's good. And they, they better have a fucking kick-ass light show to go along with that, too, man, because you can just say, <laughs> this, this, this song was really popular for us in college. Was it? It would play at bars a lot, especially during closing time. I have no idea why. I have no recollection of that. Yeah, well, right. probably because it came in closing time. That, <laughs> uh, but it was a great. It was a great sing-along song because everybody knows yeah. the fucking words to it. Like I asked Vincent, like I was playing it today for him, and, and he's like, oh, "We know that song. I know that song." I was like, why, "Why would you ever know this? Song? How would you know that song?" Yeah, I know, right. But like that's where my recollection of it comes from is like in in, uh, in college because when you're you know you're drunk off your ass with a bunch of people that you like singing this song, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's why I like this song. It's good. It's cool. <laughs> But if you watch the video, the video has a lot of live shots in her cut, and I guarantee you this, Dennis DeYoung wishes with every wish he's ever had that he was fucking Freddie Mercury because he moves just like him. Like on the live version of this Sail Away, like he's at the piano, and then when the guitar part comes, just like at Bohemian Rhapsody, Freddie rips the mic out of the stand and he goes up and he does his big, you know, his big Freddie Mercury shit. Dennis DeYoung does the exact same fucking thing, and he ain't Dennis DeYoung. All right, he ain't Freddie Mercury. No, he's not. He wouldn't be Freddie Mercury's toe clippings. No, no, for sure. All right, that brings us to your number one. I believe I already called it. You already called it. And it is Take the Long Way Home.
Every pre-chorus and chorus, every time it's a little bit different. The melody is really cool when you have this swelling strings into the chorus. And it's like told in three acts. The first one, your wife thinks that you're part of the furniture. It's kind of like you're nothing special. Wallpaper. Yeah. Then the second act is you have this, you know, this stunning adoration of thousands of fans. And you might lose your fucking mind a little bit with that. And then the last act, which is my favorite, is the one where he looks back at his life, at the catastrophe that it's come to. <laughs> and what are the things that he had sacrificed for all that? And as much as an up song as this is, like those lyrics are really, really like kind of sad. They're almost they're very reflective. Well, I, I had written here, have you ever taken the long way home before? But see, that's where I, I get, I don't get the, so I'm trying to connect like this arc way. So what's, what is your, the long way home? What does that mean in, in the context of those three things? Here's what, what I found on a couple of different spots. The, the concept is you're someone who thinks you're the cat's meow, mm -hmm. but nobody else does. Mm -hmm. And the idea being that if he takes the long way home, he'll have more time to believe the fantasy. So it's all around like oh. someone that is not being accepted the way they think they are or should be. And, you know, he talks about the joke of the neighborhood and his wife thinks he's part of the furniture. Right. So he's not the super cool dude that he thinks he is. And so he takes the long way home because it allows him to fantasize that that's reality. All right. So let's take a little time with this song here. In the first stanza, he is the joke of the neighborhood. He's just some asshole. His wife, you know, kind of looks at the couch and is like, oh, you, you blend into the couch there. You're just kind of like a goof. You're a nobody, yeah. right? And then in the second stanza, he is the adoration of thousands of fans. He's made it. Obviously, he's talking about himself or somebody in, in, in his position. Right. And then th then his wife thinks, you know, you, you might be losing your sanity and your wife thinks you're fucking crazy because of the shit that you're, you know, Look what you're doing. Maybe now, maybe they've they've had some struggles with you know alcohol and drugs. I don't know. I don't really. I didn't really get. That I didn't read see off any of that. of that. I didn't get that read of them. Maybe you're just an asshole because you're a star now. And then the third stanza is like looking back now. Your your life is a fucking mess because of these things, and you look back with a ton of regret. You know. Then it's then it goes into take the long way home, and I I can only mean to think that's like well, I don't know. Maybe you. Uh, I, that's where it, it's. It confounds me. Right. Like, I can't make sense of that. But I do like the progression of all of that. And the fact that they rhymed a, a catastrophe. That they rhymed? Because I'm thinking catastrophe. I'm like, geez, how are you going to make your way out of this? Like, I, I, the only thing what did I they rhyme it with? It's like apostrophe. Oh. <laughs> but, no. <laughs> no, they just did has to be. Oh. <laughs> Joke. It should have been a bigger laugh, but <laughs> it's uh, this song got a lot of airplay. And, I like and it though. That's where I was like, I wonder, do I even want this in the top five? And then I listened to it, and I'm like, holy shit, this is a good tune. I I came across this song right at like our senior year in high school, and 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 there's just a lot of hard truths in that song. Like if you if I listen, I, I listen to it deeply. Well, like, and that's why I said, did you ever take the long way home? Like, has there been a point where? Because I know when I was in high school and things weren't necessarily going so well because I was. Oh. Not getting along with my parents, like I don't want to. Maybe back I'm going to drive day. around the block a couple of times because it's yeah. just going to delay me walking in the door, so I don't have to face whatever it is I have to face, which I've largely caused myself. That makes a lot of sense, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, but that's why I like the song so much too. 
because I tried to avoid a lot of the shit that you caused as a young man. Yeah. Right. You want yeah. to take a responsibility for anything. Right. Fuck that. <laughs> well, anyhow, I, I, when I listened to it, because again, I hadn't heard this song in years and years and years. And I'm like, oh, man, are, are you really, I, I knew I listened to this song multiple times in a day, like, you know, it, going through. Oh, yeah. If you're feeling years. kind of melancholy, it, mm -hmm. it'll stroke that in. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I, I really liked it. I really liked it. There, I, now, this is 100% internet detritus, but I'm going to call it out anyhow because it made me laugh. Apparently, Supertramp turned down a rather lucrative offer for Greyhound to use it. Wow. <laughs> Which, to balls. me, makes no sense that Greyhound would market their transportation system as the long, the way, long home. way home. Well, <laughs> but it still made me laugh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out there with the caveat that it's most likely not true. Have you ever uh, taken a Greyhound bus? No. <laughs> uh trip around the block would be the long way home. I mean, it is fucking misery. <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy shit. All right, that brings us to my number one. You've already called this out as well. And it is the logical song. There are times when all the world is I think the the poetry in this song is great. Victim of overplay, absolutely. But I think that the poetry in the song is great. Watch what you say. They'll be calling you a radical, a liberal, fanatical, a criminal. His vocals get pretty high in, in parts. He, he had some decent range. The song is Hodgson's criticism of education. Quote, they teach us how to function on the outside and be intellectual, but don't tell us how to act with our intuition or our heart, or give us an explanation of what life's about. And that's where the line, please tell me who I am, is born from. And I think he was kind of playing off the same concept that Floyd was playing off of with Brick in the Wall. We don't need no education, etc., etc. There's a couple of great sax solos in here still in the 70s phase it's not uh, as you said in the previous episode tootie <laughs> now this sax solo is good i have it written down here this sax solo is really good and the sax plays parts throughout the song little you know snippets here and there yeah. it's good it is good it's meaty after he calls himself a vegetable <laughs> <laughs> right well and when you know what it's about you go oh wow i, I guess a lot of the lyrics make a hell of a lot more sense now I did find a version of the song from a German techno band called Scooter. much what you'd expect from a German techno band covering a super tramp song. Four leather-clad eunuchs dancing around. <laughs> Germany does represent one of the top ten in our market. I'm a Dieterbrock show. <laughs> All right, that brings us to our most hated. 
Well, I think it's pretty safe to say Mr. Roboto's up there. Here's what I, what do you have written down from Mr. Roboto? Because I'll tell you what I've got written down. Might be the worst song of the century. <laughs> this is such an affront to everything. This, the cultural, I mean, the appropriation going on here. But here's a serious song. All right, here's a serious question. Did Dennis DeYoung have it right? Did he predict the future? It's my brain IBM. It's so stupid. Okay. That it's hard to to give him give him that sort of credit. Now, the the story behind it is he was writing about being imprisoned in a in a prison that was like manned by robots, and he was a laborer in this prison, and he takes over a robot and like puts on the robotic shell so that he can get out. He can escape. I yeah. think I I was I began to read the same interview. And I got about four sentences into his explanation, and I said, I don't give a shit yeah. what he thinks. I don't fucking care. I don't care where this came from. <laughs> I can see it in the end product, and it's garbage. It's garbage. It's garbage. And the song was so popular. It got played all the time. It was the video. The video was, was that what drove it? Extremely popular, yeah. Because it was a stupid video. Oh, I mean, it was dumb. I just watched it. They're all carrying him around, and it's like, what is this? <laughs> It's the strangest opera I've ever yeah, seen. Fucking Chewbacca. The guy that's fucking just, he's waiting by this time where he popped this guy's head off. <laughs> I kick him down the stairs and call it an accident. <laughs> yeah, I, I, when I got, in fact, as I was thinking about the catalog coming up on us doing this, me having talked you into doing this, I, I was like, I, I think I know right off the bat without even listening to the rest of the catalog what the stupidest song from Styx is. And it's Mr. Roboto. Yeah. I also had It's Raining Again by Supertramp. When I heard the opening sax of It's Raining Again, I wanted to drive into a drainage ditch. Awful. Awful. Holy shit. And it's then, it's so sing-songy. And then at the end, they, they come in with the it's raining, it's pouring segment. It's like, what? what, what I didn't you, even get that far. What you doing, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that far because they didn't even have neither the courage nor the inclination to finish the fucking song. It like ends halfway through and they're like, they just repeat the same goddamn song again. Yeah. Like, the song is like two minutes long. It's awful. It's a terrible song. But they didn't. They knew it was terrible. They're like, all right, we're done with this. Let's put that on a loop and just send it out the door. <laughs> Next. <laughs> well, I'm sure your list extends beyond those two. What do you have to add to that? I don't like, it's, it's the number one song on my list, but I don't like the way the long way, uh, the long way home ends. It goes on and on and on and on and on and on. Well, now, well he's now taking the, the long way with the, with the revelation that you've just pointed out, it makes sense. But I said, should have been just a snare shot in silence. <laughs> you know. 
like like a self-inflicted gunshot wound. All right. Well, you know, it's uh, artistes. I mean, gotcha. It's open to the imagination. Gotcha. <laughs> and uh, listen, did you dip into the '90s sticks when uh, Denise Down came back? I don't know that I got that far through the catalog. Mm. So they're the one. This one of these '80s, '70s, and '80s bands who tried their, you know, tried to tried to go up against the grunge uh, audience of the of the '90s, and and they released an album. I want to say it was like '94, '95, or whatever. And uh, this song called "Show Me the Way." And I keep actually charted in 95 and it is drivel garbage lyrics same shit that they've been writing crossing rivers and climbing mountains and all this other garbage <laughs> but they put absolutely no thought into it at all and it's a horrible song and it's awful and they're trying to go up against nevermind and 10 yeah, right. super I mean, unknown I, I don't even think it was as good as 311 <laughs> amber <laughs> yeah. Little proggy bass. That there. is a good song. <laughs> you got it, man. In fact, we're gonna drop a little bit of that right now. Facts. Whoa, Amber is the color of your energy. They also did so they must have been I think Tommy Shaw did have a cocaine problem at one point or another. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they they, they were in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, I mean, I I think that was the the entrance fee, but too much time on my hands. I don't even know what album it was on. It was weird because I I started like I, when I when I started on my research, like even like I'll just like what are the albums that they made and what are the years they are, so I can put them into context. I didn't do that with any of it, right? Because I can't. No, like, it's, I, I just, it's too much. Sticks had like seven albums before like they broke up. Like and then they broke up in 1983 after Mr. Roboto because Chewbacca had had enough. He's like, "Fuck it, done. I don't give a shit. Right. I don't need the money anymore. Fuck you guys." On that album, not the Roboto album, but the album with too much time on my hands was also another really ham-handed attempt at criticizing cocaine use, and it was called Snowblind. How did I ever? Lyrics like mirror, mirror, and lines, you're so fine. It's just shit like this. It's just lazy writing. Right. It's lazy. It'd be a little more creative, perhaps. Yeah, come on. Like, you know, it's not like the weekend. Like, I can't feel my face when I'm with you. Now, I like that. You see? That's cocaine for you. I can't feel my face. I, mean, I know I it's here. It. <laughs> yeah. All right. Coolest four seconds. <sighs> I mean, I like the organ sound that Super Super Tramp gets on Breakfast in America. That all that that it's it's um I don't know it's like a hollowy kind of organ sound. They use it in a lot of different songs. Uh, a good example is in Goodbye Stranger. I hate that song too, by the way, Goodbye Stranger. But the actual organ sound that they use, I like that sound. Maybe that's why I like those those Super Tramp songs from that album. Goodbye Stranger is about one night stands, by the way.
yesterday I was up before the dawn And I really have enjoyed my stay But I must be moving on Like a king without a castle Like a queen without a throne I'm a dirty morning lover And I must be moving on leaving you with that little nugget i mean you know explain that to me <laughs> goodbye stranger it's been uh, nice hope you find your paradise again <laughs> i mean i'm telling you man it's like i i don't know i just yeah <laughs> did those lyrics are working like they were half asleep written lyrics yeah like, goodbye stranger it's been nice hope you find your paradise you know it's like you know very sing-songy like I don't know. Goodbye, def- goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Jane. Will we ever meet again? Well, and there was a, yeah, the, the rhyming of that was a little <laughs> ham-handed. Um, Yak. But the, uh, there was another thing I saw that said maybe they were trying to quit pot. <laughs> goodbye, Mary. <laughs> goodbye, Jane. Oh, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what you would get out of a frog right. fucking band, too. I got it. Let's go with the Mary Jane. We've been nobody calls way it too that much effort. weed. <laughs> yeah. No, hey guys, we've been smoking way too much Mary Jane. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Goodbye, Mary. Goodbye, Jane. <laughs> I stumbled on this song. Never heard it before. It was from Sticks. It was called Krakatoa. It's an awful song. Really <laughs> weird, dystopian song. Say no more. But there's this. You know how when you go to the movies and they would put the Dolby logo up and, yeah. and the chords would converge to mm-hmm. come together, bend up into the final chord. They do that in a pretty grandiose way. And then they go into the hallelujah chorus. Now these assholes are eating their own cereal oh. way too much. So we're not going to allow that. So I'm going to fade it out right as they go into that. But I, I don't know. For some reason it caught me. I'm like, oh, that's pleasing. So I'm going to use that as one of my coolest four seconds. We'll be rocking to paradise. <laughs> that song. was supposed to be like Dennis DeYoung's anthem for his neighborhood. Like their South Side, you know, I guess he's Italian, but South Side, you know, working class, bedroom community, Chicago suburbs, whatever. And that was his song to like the working, can you imagine a steel worker in Chicago singing Dancing to Rock in the Paradise? <laughs> or the other one, you're like, tonight, tonight, we'll make history. But I know if the world just passed us by, I wouldn't have to kind no, no. The best of time. Some rain, 
cannot tell you. Honey, you and I. I mean, that, that Rockin' Paradise sounds like it was cut from Grease 2. Because <laughs> it's the same type of, like, shitty vibe of a, like, a, just a sausage and egg sandwich on a fucking, it's awful. Just awful. I would have more respect for them if they didn't did do the soundtrack in Grease 2. I have also the intro to Renegade. Because yelling, it takes a long time to get to. Yeah, it does. It does. But that blows me back to like five year old me because I remember listening to it like, wow, this is like kind of haunting. Oh, mama. It's just him and scream therapy. <laughs> I want to hear the whole tapes. I want to hear all the outtakes. Put that to music. That is music to my ears. That man's suffering. <laughs> All right, Sisters of Mercy. Yeah, I'm good, man. <laughs> Sticks is like drinking on a Sunday. Like, Bears game starts, playing pack, you're going to pop a few. Suddenly it's 10 p.m., you're knee-deep in Bushmills, <laughs> and you got to work the next day. Yeah. Like, it's fun. It's fun to drink on a Sunday. Like, but when you got to work on Monday, it's, you're like, what the fuck did I do? Oh, man, Why did I do this? It's like, what, what can I tell my boss? I can't come into work tomorrow. <laughs> Fuck, I didn't make sub plans. That's that sticks. <laughs> you know, it sticks is like riding a moped. You know, nobody you don't want anybody to see you doing it. Yeah, it's fun until your friends see you. Yeah, fun it. until your friends see you. <laughs> like drinking on a Sunday. Like it was I I can't tell you how many words to how many songs I knew. Uh, and some of these guilty pleasures, they didn't make the list, but Kirk, <laughs> I listened to Mr. Roboto on my way home from school today. I knew every fucking song i was this close to moving it from the most hated list onto my number one spot and this because it was so much fun <laughs> just singing mr roboto with all the operatic fervor that yep. dennis de young had uh, again like i said earlier before i was like what a country this used to be like, <laughs> that fucking song charted like in in the it's 1983 yeah that's thriller. That's that, that, you know. That's Prince. That's, that's all of these things. And then like Roboto is like, oh fuck, that's fucking awesome. Well, you you look at like the the solo careers that these guys had. Dennis DeYoung had a solo career. It really wasn't much to write home about. I didn't even recognize his top played song. Could tell you what it was. Hodgson went off and did some solo stuff from Supertramp. Davies from Supertramp just stayed with Supertramp. Look at the damn Yankees. That song was fucking huge.
I, I, yeah, I can't explain it. No, oh, I can't. Ex- so bad. <laughs> it's so bad, and they are well, trying to be so hair. I think it's Jack Blades that made it all come together. <laughs> well, and it was a. I mean, it was a lot of well-known guys. It was. It Super was. Group. It was Tommy Shaw. It was the Nuge. It was Jack Blades. And I think there was another guy in there. I don't remember who. I don't but know. Rob Trujillo. <laughs> Before he joined Metallica. Before he joined- Oh, wouldn't that be no fucking awesome? <laughs> I can't explain the stick success. It's like the, the, you know, those five guys should never have been in a band together, but yet they, they were. And you know, it wasn't like they were like had one off like Guns N' Roses had like a one off album. Like they they had several, you know, successful albums. You you alluded to it before. There's four triple platinum albums in a row. In I mean, a row, like, kind of makes its own gravy after that, right? <laughs> like why stop? <laughs> you don't even need to baste. <laughs> <laughs> As much as Chewbacca wants the bitch, like you're cashing checks, man. Steve Perry or any of them? Oh, no. It's Steve Perry. Hands down. I can't stand Dennis DeYoung's voice. You could put Steve Perry in any of these bands. Oh, for sure. They could, they could sing every one of the, he could sing every one of these parts, Super Tramp or Sticks. He could cover it all. And I think he, I, I like Super Tramp's voices better Yeah. for that music, but I think mm. you could, you could arguably drop him in any of these vocals. Oh, for roles. sure. For sure. Yeah. Are we going to add our new category for the year coming up? Oh, shit. That's right. I forgot about it. All right. Well, maybe you don't have any. Uh, so we're going to add. I'll, I'll add it. Okay. Like, we'll add it, right? Like, so we're th- the new category is really simple. It's like, what artifact would you want from this band? It, it, it could be anything. It's just, it's yeah. not, it could be like, anything. What for, artifact- for the Guns N' Roses episode, it could have been Slash's hat. That would have been an easy one. Yeah, exactly. Or his 68 fastback that he drives off a cliff. <laughs> I'll take that. I've got one. I've got one. <laughs> so what artifact would you want from one of these bands or both if you want to go, if you want to double dip your toe in the prog lake, go ahead. But go ahead. You got one? I'll, you want me to start? Go ahead. I want the Mr. Roboto face mask that he wears in the video. That's that's Green also what I was like, thinking of, the the face mask. Because it actually wasn't a bad mask. I mean, it was a stupid song. But I mean, the effect all, for the time was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was, but it was stupid all around. Yes. Like, I hated it. <laughs> But I want it. <laughs> All I right. So I'll, I'll uh, here you go. I'll, I'll go with, give me the costume from the woman on the cover of Breakfast in America. You want to wear it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's your new yes. Halloween costume? Or just something? So you no, just pretty. while I'm working around the house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think we're done here. Oh, no, no. I don't want this vision anymore. (laughs) You need to burn it out of my brain. (laughs) We still have the MVP. And we're going to simplify this. I'm going to simplify it. I'm going to say the MVP is which band is better or which band do you like better. And I'm going to go with Supertramp. I think they had fewer songs, fewer albums, but their lyrical content was a hell of a lot deeper. And I think their writing was a little more advanced. Now, Sticks songwriting was what it was it wasn't bad in some instances but i'm gonna give i'm gonna give the mvp to super tramp all right fair enough i'm gonna stick with super tramp too because i don't i don't value the other band (laughs) (laughs) all right rankings (laughs) uh no no i'm gonna give it to super their their mvp whoever was on that clarinet they didn't just do the work on one song that whole fucking album that clarinet's doing overtime work oh hell yeah yeah they had well, a lot of good wind. He had a smoke that. wagon going. <laughs> 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 if we 
we saw it. That clarinet motherfucker brought it. So I'm gonna give whoever that guy was. I, I I'll that's the guy. He's the MVP. All right. Rankings skill. Where do you where do you put both of them at? You put them differently. I put them both at a four. I think they actually had some chops. If you listen to the music, not absolutely you know, not the skill skill Super before what was being played. Yeah. Right, Tommy Shaw is a pretty good guitar player. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know that I'd call him an axeman, but he's a pretty yeah. good guitar player. I think he's about, he's good. Like a guitar, any guitar teacher is good. Their vocal <laughs> harmonies were good. Guitar lessons from him. <laughs> but that's about it. Like a guitar teacher, good. He'd probably be happy to do that. <laughs> I'm sure he would. They say he's the nicest man in rock and roll. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> so what do you have, Matt? I, st- I put Super Trap at a four, and I put Sticks at like a two and a half. They're a very average band. Okay. Middle of the road. Image? They're both at a two. Come on. Super Tramp actually has a better, I think, in my mind, that Super Tramp is like a two. But Sticks, it's not Image, it's like the coolness factor. Even at their height, Sticks wasn't cool. No, Sticks was never cool. Because of that jackass in his tightly permed hair. <laughs> it was awful. You he did look like a, like some riverboat gambler. <laughs> That's what he looked like a dealer. He had those fucking sleeves pulled up and he would yeah. play the piano. So he looked like, looked like a chia pet. Who the fuck is your stylist? Your mom? <laughs> so no, it sticks as a one. All right. Catalog. I would put sticks at a two and I'd put super tramp at a, let's go to the two, seven, five. Uh, we're really splitting hairs here. Um, I'm going to say both of them are two and a half. All right. Yeah, and they're both two and a half. So I mean, they, they, there was an there was not a lot of there there, and, and the sticks man, they, they had sticks had almost seventeen albums. They had a lot. Neither of get fucked. All right. Here's 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 a final question for you. Which band has more Grammys? Oh, it can't. It's not. It can't be sticks. It's Super Tramp. Trick question. Neither of them have Grammys. I was gonna say, <laughs> Super Tramp was nominated four times. Sticks was nominated once. Right, so, so you won. You were right. <laughs> wow, four? <laughs> I don't know who was voting for that. Where is that coming from? All right. <laughs> All right, Chanel. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoyed it, too. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a fun walk for me. I think it was fun for you. Yeah, absolutely. I had <laughs> a fucking own. blast. I mean, I came up with six songs. <laughs> I think I would. <laughs> So we normally close our show with Late Night Bullfight, but because it's the holidays, I've got a new Christmas song for you, sir. The song is called Backdoor Santa, and it's by the... (laughs) (laughs) This is telling me dressing up as the Breakfast for America chick? (laughs) No, that's my costume. I won it. But it's by the Black Crows. All right. Kind of funky, a little dirty, obviously, but hey, what do you say? A little Southern Christmas. Have a great holiday, folks. Everybody enjoy your holiday season. Yeah.